Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. As always, I am your host with the Holla French Toast, Freddie Carlson, and today, my good brother on the other side of the microphone, he might have moved, but he's still here right with us today, the heart of the wrestling fan base himself, Angelo Belly. Say hello to the people, Angelo. Hello, hello, everybody. Glad to be back on this podcast once again. Yes, yes, yes. We are back, and it is time for everybody's favorite week of the year. We are recording it live on Monday, March 27th, just five days away from WrestleMania! WrestleMania week is upon us, and this weekend we have a fantastic two-night extravaganza live from SoFi Stadium in Hollywood, California, featuring the likes of Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair, Finn Balor versus Edge inside Hell in a Cell, The Usos against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Bianca Belair versus Asuka, Brock Lesnar versus Omas, Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. And in your main event for the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship of the World, the American Nightmare and the winner of the 2023 Men's Royal Rumble match, Cody Rhodes, challenges the Tribal Chief, closing in on 1,000 days as world champion, the head of the table, accompanied by his special counsel, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, the defending champion, all this weekend, plus much, much more at the grandest stage of them all. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. My good buddy here, Angelo, had a great idea about a week ago that he shared with me, and we've taken the time to coordinate two unique brackets, one of his personal choices and one of mine, ranking our top 32 matches and moments in WrestleMania history. 38 prior years, stemming all the way back to 1985. It's a lot of history, a lot of matches, and a lot of WrestleMania moments to sift through. But we have done so. So, Angelo, as you and I discussed before, we're going to look at the top eight in both of our lists and brackets today to spare some time. But if you look at the round of 32 and the round of 16, are there any choices that didn't make it all the way to the end that you would like to shed a special light on anyway that stuck out to you and you would wish that in a different bracket or in a different way it broke down that they would have ended up moving on? What do you got for some honorable mentions as we approach the round of Elite 8? As we approach the round Elite 8, there are a couple honorable mentions here that did not make the cut, unfortunately, that I do wish that did make it. Um, first off, I have the heist of the century. Wow. That one, unfortunately, did not make it. I believe it didn't make it past the first round. So, you know, kind of kind of tough luck for uh, Seth Rollins not making it. But uh, he does make it later on. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I have the heist of the century uh, in my bracket as well. In fact, I actually ranked mine from 1 to 32. I don't know if you did the same or if you just did a random allotment of them. 
Um, I just, again, I did a random ranking from 1 to 32, obviously not trying to be biased. I just kind of went in order of the ones that come into my mind. The Heist of the Century actually entered the brackets at number 10. It ranked 10th overall on the random bracket assortment coming in. And uh, it made it out of my first round. It actually made it into the uh, round of uh, 16, the Sweet 16, but um, did not make it out of there because its opponent in the Sweet 16 obviously moved on to the final eight, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I did have the Heist of the Century on there as well. What else do you have in your honorable mentions category? So another one that did not make it, unfortunately, was the Hardy Boys Return. That got overshadowed by um, actually another special moment that did not really make it that far, which was Edge spearing Jeff Hardy off of the ladder. It's funny that you mentioned that because they obviously are both in my brackets. They ranked at 2 and 15 in the random allotment that I put together. But they actually once, they as well matched up in my round of 16, just like they seem to have done in yours. Or in your yours was in the round of 32, it looks like. But uh, for me, the Hardys, uh, WWE return WrestleMania 33, in my opinion, one of the most electric moments in WrestleMania history uh, against another op- another moment featuring the Hardy, specifically Jeff, when he dangled above the ring at WrestleMania X7 in the triangle TLC match for the tag team titles and Edge speared him in midair. Uh, that was my round of 16 matchup. Obviously, only one of those was able to move on. Um, and I will say that my uh, the Hardy Boys WWE return also fell short of the Elite Eight uh, so that kind of gives away a little bit of a spoiler for one member of the Elite Eight in my bracket. But um, yes, so really, really two fantastic moments. From my perspective, one match that did not make it out of the uh, first two rounds was, one of I think, one of the more underrated classics in WrestleMania history. I'm going back to the last time WrestleMania was in Hollywood. We just did a whole spiel and a whole hype-up at the beginning of this episode that WrestleMania is going back to Hollywood for WrestleMania 39 this weekend. Let's go back to WrestleMania 21, 2005, 18 years ago. On that night, two legendary future Hall of Famers matched up. For the first time ever, one on one in WWE, and I think, in, you know, period, for that matter, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, who saw a lot, a lot of action on my list, and my out of my top thirty-two matches and moments in WrestleMania history, I think Shawn Michaels was in at least five of them, which is insane. But it was the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels versus the Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle. It's a match that I haven't watched in a good little while, but I still remember when I watched it for the first time, my jaw was on the floor because these are two of the best workers in that ring, bar none, in the history of this business. And getting those two guys to go head-to-head at WrestleMania was a special treat for those who were there in Hollywood that night in the Staples Center, WrestleMania 21. Uh, That match uh, was actually... it It did make it out of the first round. It won in the round of 32, but in the Sweet 16, it fell short to one of my elite eightists. And uh, it will, uh, you know, I think in any other bracket, any other shakedown, if it randomly assigned against some other uh, uh, Sweet 16 final, uh, Sweet 16 members, maybe it moves on, but in this case, it did not. So uh, that's another one for me. 
Uh, do you have any other uh, honorable mentions that you want to bring up before we get on to our Elite Eights? No, I think uh, I think that's pretty much it, actually, as far as, you know, shocking uh, matches or moments that did not make the Elite Eight. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously there are uh, 16 matches and moments on each of our brackets that we're not going to talk about in depth today. We both just wanted to highlight some of the ones that, again, not that we we don't think are great moments, but based on the way our brackets were randomly falling, it just didn't work out that way, and they didn't get to move on past where they ended up now. So that brings us to our Elite Eight. So what we're going to do now is we're going to break down the bracket on both of our uh, sides of the coin here, and we're going to talk about our Elite Eight matches, our Final Four matches, as well as our finals and our winners. So I'm going to go first. I kind of spoiled before one of my Elite Eight finalists, and so I'm going to start right from there. One of my Elite Eight finalists came into the bracket as the number two overall landing in the random allotment. It won its first round match, defeating Drew McIntyre's championship victory at WrestleMania 36 in front of an empty arena in the first round, as well as in the second round, the aforementioned Hardy Boys return at WrestleMania 33. So for me, my first final eight member is Edge's spear of Jeff Hardy at WrestleMania X7 off the top of the briefcase, or sorry, the briefcases, my apologies, the titles dangling from above the ring. It's... Elite 8 matchup pitted it against a moment that goes even farther back. And as far as I can tell, it's one of the two earliest moments on my list, period. And that's out of all 32 original uh, members of this bracket. WrestleMania 3 at the Silverdome in front of an arguable 93,000 fans in Detroit, Michigan that night where... You had the immovable force, the irresistible force, and the immovable object. Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant to the mat in what became the truly first iconic WrestleMania moment. In my bracket, that match, that moment entered at number seven and defeated Shawn Michaels and John Cena in the first round. Shawn Michaels once again making his appearance on this list. In the first round, it defeated that matchup, and then it defeated the heist of the century in the second round. So, Angela, two of the moments that you mentioned before falling short in the round of 16 to my two Elite Eight finalists in this corner of the bracket, Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant versus Edge's Spear of Jeff Hardy at WrestleMania X7. That is my first Elite Eight finalist and I will tell you now the winner of that. And what Angelo and I are going to do is we're going to go back and forth. We're going to each name our Elite Eight matchups. And we're going to go and give you the winners one by one. So for me, the winner of Andre slamming, or getting slammed by Hogan versus Edge spearing Hardy is... <laughs> WrestleMania 3, Andre the Giant being slammed by Hulk Hogan. Um, as, a, as a kid... Growing up and 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 looking back, uh, Edge's spear of Jeff Hardy was probably the moment I replayed the most when watching uh, old old matches back. I had the ladder match DVD that they had released uh, probably 15, 15 years ago now, and um, I loved that moment. That's one of my personal favorite matches. It's top five all time. If you're asking me to rank per- matches just in general, that match is there. But I I, I just think that. 
you know, trying to eliminate some bias and, and also focus on significance in long-term history of WWE, when you look at video packages of some of the biggest moments in WWE history, every single time, without fail, Hogan slamming Andre is within there because of the importance of that moment and what it meant for the business, for Hogan's career, for the WWE title, for WrestleMania. So I don't think it's imp- it's impossible to ignore that that moment deserves a chance to get even closer to the finals. Will it go farther? We'll find out. But Angelo, what is your first Elite Eight matchup? My first Elite Eight matchup? Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, give me one second. I do have to look at my bracket. We each chose individual lists, so they are not identical. Angelo is reading off of his personal list, and I'm reading off of mine, just to clarify for everybody. And fill the time while Angelo looks at his Elite Eight. Angelo, you let me know when you're ready. Got you. I'm sorry, give me two seconds for this. It's all good. It's all good. We got a lot of great moments to peel through, so we want to make sure that we get the correct ones and have them listed and described here in this one. All right, so the first one of my Elite Eight was actually between uh, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair and the edge-spearing Jeff Hardy off of the ladder. Two really memorable, well, I guess you could say memorable moments as opposed to uh, matches only because... You know, Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels, they, that for my bracket anyway, I based it off of the match itself rather than just a single moment. Edge Spearing Jeff Hardy, I based it off of that OMG moment rather than the match itself. Really great match, but that moment itself was, oh my God, literally, oh my God. Um, and in that round, I ultimately picked Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair's match due to the fact of the storytelling of that being Ric Flair's, I guess you could say, quote-unquote, retirement match from (laughs) professional wrestling. It wasn't. Really in WWE. (laughs) He he didn't wrestle in TNA or have a really highly publicized final retirement match in 2022. What are you talking about? Yeah, what are you guys talking about? He retired in 2008. Yeah, yeah. 58 years old and he retired and yet we're talking about him having a match quite literally 14 years later but anyway to avoid that obviously i've spoken in depth about edge and hardy's moment there um but i also had flair's retirement match on my list it came in uh with a first round victory but it did fall in my round of 16 uh to another elite eight member And as uh, Angelo just described his first one, I'll move to my second one. So, as I said, Ric Flair's retirement fell short in the round of 16 to my next Elite Eight member. This is a match that is featuring two icons, literally at the time labeled as Icon versus Icon. And truly, 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 if I just watched this this video back about a week ago, the immense electricity no pun intended on one of the members of this match in that building was insane and i wish we could get more moments like that if you don't haven't figured it out already i'm talking about wrestlemania x8 
2002 at the Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Hulk Hogan, his first WrestleMania match back in nearly a decade, going one-on-one with the great one, The Rock. It was not the most perfect match, and the match itself wasn't the best quality. If you're talking about Hulk Hogan in 2002, it wasn't going to be a five-star Dave Meltzer classic. But with the combination of that crowd and the intensity and the character and every single thing that those two guys did, it just worked. And that crowd went nuts when Hulk hulked up and made it seem like you were in 1987 all over again. It was insane. That match defeated uh, a triple threat match of Reigns, Edge, and Bryan from WrestleMania 37 in the first round, as well as Ric Flair's retirement in the round of 16. And it takes on, ironically enough, another match featuring the Great One as we moved back uh, one calendar year from Hogan and Rock when The Rock faced his his biggest rival, Stone Cold Steve Austin, for the second of three times at WrestleMania X7 in in uh, Houston, Texas, in what is regarded as one of, if not the greatest matches, period, in WWE history. People point to that match, that show, and that entire experience as the pinnacle of the sport. It was also known as, noted as the end of the Attitude Era unofficially, and it was the night that Austin sold his soul to Satan himself, as good old JR said, when he sided with Vince McMahon just to win back the WWE title. Austin and Rock on that night had the piece de resistance, if you will, to their historic rivalry, match that had not been topped prior and would never be topped again and is, as I said, remains in the annals and the lore of WWE history as one of the greatest matches ever. So obviously you're looking at two amazing matches, one built off of one, of just the intense emotion and one built off of the incredible ath- uh, athletes involved. It's a tough choice for me. Oh, and just to clarify, Austin and Rock in their second encounter in my bracket Moved past Randy Orton's RKO of CM Punk off of the ladder at WrestleMania 23's Money in the Bank ladder match in the first round, as well as TLC 2 in the second round. Now, I talked, and Angelo's talked a lot about the Edge and Hardy moment in that match, but it must not be forgotten that that match itself was also one of the best that WrestleMania has ever produced. So that match also made the bracket and fell short in the second round. So Austin and Rock 2 versus Rock and Hogan in the Elite 8 for me, I don't think I can overlook the importance of the entirety of the match and the story and the significance of what that match meant at the time and still means to this day of Austin and Rock. So that means that Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock, WrestleMania X7 for the WWF title, moves on to the final four. And it will face off a little later against Hogan slamming Andre, but we will have to wait to get to that because Angelo has another Elite Eight matchup to share with us. Yeah, so my next one is the match between... It was uh, John Cena versus The Rock, actually, at WrestleMania 29, and that one actually moved past Hogan slamming Andre the Giant. Wow. Yes. 
complete shock, right? Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, that that match at that time, I remember I was we were, I forgot how old we were at that time, but you know, I just remember being a kid watching that in front of my TV and I was so happy that John Cena got his revenge on the rock and it was for the WWE championship. And that was kind of like at that moment, it's almost like the passing of the torch, if you will, between generations. So for that reason, that's why John Cena and the rock moved past Hogan slamming Andre. And, um, they actually went head to head against Batista versus Triple H at WrestleMania 21. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I have I have a little bit of an interesting list going on right now. Right. As as if anything has been proven over the years on this podcast, your lists always make me seem very intrigued by some of the choices. We've always noticed that. So, you know, I like it. Uh, I don't have Batista versus Triple H on my list at all. Um, never did not make my top 32, but, um, I did have Cena and rock, but not the one you had. I had their initial encounter on my list. I didn't have their sequel. So some interesting choices continue with your winner. For so, so Batista and triple H, their match actually fell to Cena and the rock. So going towards the elite. I believe it's the Elite Eight. Uh, it's going to be Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair facing off against John Cena versus The Rock. Oh, you mean in the final four? I mean, yeah, in the final four. I'm sorry. My God. An interesting start to Long your final today. four. It's okay. Me too. I fell off a wall today. Anyway, um, all right. So interesting choices. I'm intrigued to see where you go with this. All right, moving to the other side of my bracket now. I mentioned a little a moment ago that I had Cena versus Rock in their initial encounter, WrestleMania 28 in Miami, as a member of my list. However, it did not make it past the round of 16 because it fell to another Elite Eight member in Stone Cold Steve Austin, back again onto the list, at his and his WrestleMania 13 encounter with Brett the Hitman Hart, live from Chicago, Illinois, in a submission match. That match was great, and I think that this match gets overlooked a lot because of the moment, the iconic moment where Austin is locked in the sharpshooter with blood pouring down his face and that face of agony screaming into the camera, which WWE had not been known for at the time, and it just was so insane to see. Insane to see but also the match if you go back and watch it start to finish as one would expect with austin and bret hart was amazing and that's something that i don't want to have it be overlooked so austin and hart uh and their matchup at wrestlemania 13 overtook cena and rock one in the quarterfinal or in the uh round of 16 as well as Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker's sequel match at WrestleMania 26, also known as the night where Shawn Michaels retired, and no, we don't count Crown Jewel 2018 because that night never happened and that match never happened. Sorry, I hate that match so much. I just get worked up. Anyway, uh, yes, so Austin and Hart defeating uh, Michaels and Taker 2 in the first round. In my opinion, that was probably the hardest first-round matchup I had to do and make a decision between when I saw the random breakdown of the brackets. Because 
Michaels and Taker's two matches were amazing, and we're going to hear about the other one from my end at least in a little bit. But uh, that second one was no slouch, and we all know the story going in may have been even better. And, of course, it was the night where Michaels retired as a full-time in-ring competitor. So it was really hard for me to make a decision off of that. But I think in the long term, what we saw between Austin and Hart was so unique for the time, both with the bloody with the bloody mask of a face and just the importance of Austin being built up and the double turn, probably the best example of a double turn in WWE history, just so much significance there. So Austin and Hart makes my semifinal, or my final, my Elite Eight, sorry. It faces off with a moment that, Angelo, you and I have a lot of bias towards because we happen to be there in person, and as far as I know, this was a one of only two uh, moments on my list to take place at a WrestleMania where we've been to, both coming from the same night. My, my other one did not make it out of the first round, but we're talking about Kofi Mania, that's right, when Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania 35, live from MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, defeated Daniel Bryan to win the WWE Championship. I mean, we were there, our friends were there, we all watched it back a million times on TV since then, and it never gets old. I get teary-eyed just sitting here now thinking about the importance that that moment had for him, for everyone involved, and for all of us watching. We created something special that night, and we will never forget about it. And it's ironic that he beat Daniel Bryan for the championship on that night, and he also beat Daniel Bryan in my brackets to move on to the Elite Eight. Kofi Mania defeating Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior in the first round, as well as defeating Daniel Bryan's Yeselmania moment at WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans in the round of 16. As hard as it was to not allow Daniel Bryan's moment at WrestleMania 30 to move past the round of 16 and to leave it there, I I just, I can't ignore all the significance of Kofi Mania and its, and its, its time frame. And as great of a moment and as a memorable moment as as Yeslemania will ever be. I mean these two these two stories are forever linked because of their similarity. Yeslemania and Kofi Mania and just so much can be said about both of them. But in the interest of time I'll let you know that Kofi Mania did defeat Yeslemania in the round of 16 and Kofi Mania is moving on. It is my third final four member as it will defeat Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Elite Eight and advance to the Final Four. Three out of my four slots are settled. Now I turn things back once again to Angela. What's your third Elite Eight matchup? So my third Elite Eight matchup will be uh, Triple H versus The Undertaker that... uh, their Hell in a Cell matchup, actually, at WrestleMania, when Shawn Michaels was the special guest referee. Oh, end of an era. Even end of an era, indeed. Even though it wasn't the end of an era, because they did it again at Crown Jewel. To continue, please. So that match actually beat uh, John Cena versus Shawn Michaels for the... Uh, WWE Championship. Freddie, I know you have a nice gripe for that match. Um, So, yeah, uh, Triple H and Undertaker's Hell in a Cell match advanced in the bracket. 
and they will face off against the Rock and Hulk Hogan's matchup. Good matchup. Yeah, the Rock and Hulk Hogan actually were the that was the match to overshadow the heist of the century. Ah, okay. So, yeah, I have an interesting bracket for that as well. See, now that one I can get a little bit more behind. I can see it. I can see it. End of an Era was a really, really fun, emotionally story-driven match. And we've talked a lot about Rock and Hogan. Very similar. Uh, I think the in-ring quality was better between Triple H and The Undertaker. It wasn't what it was probably a decade prior because the guys are not as good as they were at that point. But... um, yeah, no, it was two really good matchups driven more on the story and the emotion that was involved than anything else, for sure. So who do you have as your winner of this really interesting matchup? So the winner of this one is actually uh, Triple H versus The Undertaker. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. As, as great of a match as Rock and Hogan had... Triple H and The Undertaker, you know, that's that's a match that, once again, is a match that I saw with my own eyes. And that match actually, the ending of that match really got to me when it was Triple H and The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels all carrying each other up the ramp, looking back at the ring, looking at the fans. You know, you could see the visible tears coming from Shawn Michaels, coming from Triple H, The Undertaker trying not to break character. For me, there was, there was no better ending of a match than that yeah man like i said that uh that one lives on as a really really emotionally driven night i did have the end of an era in my bracket but it didn't make it out of the first round uh it fell to tlc2 in my first round but uh i've already spoken about rock and hogan it was another it was a part of my elite eight as well it also lost in the elite eight so uh, I think we share similar sentiments about that match. Um, interesting to see that the end of an era has made the final four. So you've got a pretty cool final four. Flair's retirement, the end of an era, and uh, Triple H and Batista as your final four members so far. But we got one more matchup each to go. So let's move right along to our final corner of the bracket. So moving on up, we've got... Uh, First one, as I mentioned earlier, when I said Hogan slamming Andre uh, was one of my two earliest moments on this list. This matchup that I have here took place on the same night. So again, we're going back to 1987 at the Silver Dome in Detroit, Michigan for what is considered to be the embodiment of what a a wrestling match of a five-star quality should be. You ask anyone who... Grew up in the 80s watching wrestling, and honestly, probably anyone who's since then been watching. uh, It goes to show that you've um, you've got plenty of history here. And among that is Macho Man Randy Savage against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Savage and Steamboat's match at WrestleMania 3 lives on as one of the most well-known and memorable matches that there has ever been known or told over the course of the last 30 to 40 years, if not longer. So for me to not include that on this list 
would be very, very difficult not to. And that is another member of the Elite Eight, Savage and Steamboat, WrestleMania three, And en route to getting here, Savage and Steamboat defeated Kurt Angle versus Eddie Guerrero from WrestleMania twenty, as well as... Uh, Brock Lesnar ending The Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. So for me, the streak ending of its significance, of course, was absolutely massive. And we can all agree on that. The streak had become part of WrestleMania lore for 20-something years. And then it ends suddenly and shockingly at the hands of Brock Lesnar nearly a decade ago now. And it still doesn't feel real. Um, you know, obviously that match, the match itself wasn't exactly great, but, and honestly, I don't even know if you can consider the moment one that people find as a fond memory, but there's just a sheer level of significance to it that it had to not only be on this list, but it got out of the first round and it moved on to the set, the round of 16. But at the end of the day, Savage and Steamboat's successful, uh, match has to be in my Elite Eight. So Savage and Steamboat overcame that as well, and it's in my Elite Eight. The final member of the Elite Eight is a matchup that I referenced in passing before, and personally, at least for me, and this is, you know, having to have some bias in there, it's my favorite wrestling match ever. Ever. I have been watching wrestling for almost 15 years now. It'll be 15 years next month that I've been watching professional wrestling. I've seen tens of thousands of matches, every WrestleMania and every WrestleMania moment, and probably countless hundreds of other pay-per-views that I've watched over the years, and, and TV and, and, and live events and everything I've been to. And this match, to this day, remains my favorite match of all time. My last Elite Eight member... The Undertaker versus the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, at WrestleMania 25. Their initial encounter at the grandest stage of them all. The darkness versus the light. The heaven versus hell. It was so simple, and its, and it's simplicity is what made it beautiful. And in my bracket, it came in at number one uh, in the uh, random rankings. And it first defeated the reunion of Macho Man Randy Savage and, and uh, Miss Elizabeth at WrestleMania, I believe that was 7. I'm going to say it was 7 when he uh, when they hugged it out in the ring. Uh, and then, as well as, in the second round, HBK versus Kurt Angle. I mean, we hear a lot about HBK on my list, and I mentioned that match before. Uh, obviously kind of giving away that it was not going to make the Elite Eight. And so Michaels and Taker outlast Michaels and Angle to get into my Elite Eight. And it'll be Michaels and Taker versus Savage and Steamboat in the Elite Eight. And talk about picking between the two most pristine apples hanging off the tree. You can only have one. Two of the most highly regarded, well-known, and beloved matches, not only in WrestleMania history, but in the history of this business by so many. It's so hard to pick just one. Maybe my bias shows a little bit here, but Taker and Michaels, they advance to the Final Four to face off with Kofi Mania. So the Final Four, Taker and Michaels versus Kofi Mania on one side of the bracket and on the other, Austin and Rock at WrestleMania 17 versus Hogan slamming Andre at WrestleMania 3. 
Now, before I turn things over to Angelo, just to kind of run through some of the other members of the bracket that didn't get mentioned, but I wanted to just give them their just due. We've talked a lot about some of the other ones that failed in the first couple of rounds. Here's the rest that have not yet been mentioned, just so that they get their due diligence on the pod. Randy Orton RKOing Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31 didn't make it out of the first round. Neither did the Triple Threat Women's Main Event from WrestleMania 35, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair. Another match in the first round that didn't make it out was Edge versus The Undertaker, WrestleMania 24, as well as John Cena attitude-adjusting two men at the same time, WrestleMania 25, when he lifted both Big Show and Edge onto his shoulders at the same time. Meanwhile, on the other side, we had another one that didn't make it out of the first round was Rey Mysterio's triumph at WrestleMania 22, commemorating the life and legacy of the late great Eddie Guerrero. We also have... uh, Cody Rhodes' WWE return from back in 2000, just last year, the most recent moment on this list, his return was on there, and it didn't make it out of the first round, but it was significant. And the only other one that's on my list that hasn't been mentioned yet was Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12 in the 60-minute Iron Man match. I think that makes it at least five or six references of Shawn Michaels on this list out of the 32 entries, and it goes to show Mr. WrestleMania truly is Mr. WrestleMania. And now, turn it back to Angelo, because Angelo has one more Final Four corner to address. Angelo, what's your last Elite Eight matchup? Okay, so really quick, before I get back to my Elite Eight matchup, two things to apologize for. One, I am so terrible at reading my own bracket, and two, I don't know if you noticed a loud bang, but I actually did drop my phone like a few minutes ago. So, Freddie, I do apologize if your ears are hurting, but <laughs> just let you know. It's all good. So, um, so my Elite Eight actually are Triple H and The Undertaker's Hell in a Cell match going against The Rock and Hogan. Um, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair going off against... Cena and The Rock and actually I did kind of mess up a little bit but um, it was actually a moment versus the match itself so it was Cody Rhodes' return versus Rhodes and Rollins and (laughs) yeah that I kind of messed up with uh, the third uh, moment or match of the final four um and now, actually, my final moment uh, came down between this one might actually get a little bit of shade, but it was the triple threat match from between Benoit, uh, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels versus Kofi Mania. Oof. Yeah, those those two matches actually. Uh, Kofi Mania did beat Yeslemania in the first round and moved on to face trip, another match that did not make it that far uh, between John Cena and Triple H at WrestleMania 22. And it, the triple threat match, Benoit, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels actually beat the triple threat match that we saw two WrestleManias ago between Reigns, Edge, and Dana Ryan. Okay, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had several of those on my list. Reigns, Brian, and Edge was in my 
bottom right corner, lost to Rock and Hogan in the first round. Um, but yes, so what do we got here? Who wins in the final Elite Eight matchup? So I do have, uh, it came down to Triple H and Undertaker versus The Rock and Hogan. Triple H and Undertaker ultimately won that. Uh, the triple threat match versus Kofi Mania. Kofi Mania won. And then it came down to Cena and The Rock versus Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, I did pick that match over John Cena and The Rocks. And it, the final uh, match actually came down between Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair versus Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. I picked the match over Cody Rhodes' grand entrance return. And that's for to get you to the final four? Yes, to get to the final four. All right. So what is your final four uh, bracketed uh, matches and moments? What are the final four that we have left? So it came down to Triple H and Undertaker versus Kofi Mania and Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair versus uh, going up against... Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. All right. Sounds good. Some unique choices here. So now we're on to the final four. So we've talked all about our honorable mentions, our Elite Eight, our matchups in those rounds, why they're here to begin with and how they got here. So now let's turn our attention to the final four. So now we're going to look at the right side of my bracket once again. As I mentioned earlier, Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant going up against The The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWE title at WrestleMania 17. A moment versus a match. One era versus another. History in both senses of the word. It's a lot harder to pinpoint whether a moment means more than an overall match because a moment is something that lasts forever, but a match is something that draws a crowd in and it takes you back to the, the, the root of what we love and the reason we love this sport. But as I mentioned earlier, with, with the significance of Hogan slamming Andre, it was much more than just creating a WrestleMania moment, which nowadays everybody looks to do. It was a moment forever etched in time and a moment that people who had grown up watching the business prior to that night would appreciate and love and one that people who grow up so many years since then would be able to do the same obviously i was born you know over a decade and maybe close to two after wrestlemania three year decade and a half or so afterwards and yet this moment still resonates with me My grandfather watched this match live when it aired in 1987. And he told me how important that was. So for me, as much as I love Austin versus Rock, it goes to Hogan and Andre into the finals. Hogan slamming Andre defeats the Rock versus Steve Austin to advance to the finals and the final two of my bracket. Angelo, what's your first final Bracket finalist bracket member to win in the final four round. So my first uh, finalist to move forward is going to be the match between Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. As much as I did enjoy Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, that match was just pure, I guess you could say technical wrestling at its best. 
And I thoroughly enjoyed that match. I thoroughly enjoyed the whole, every everything that it was between the entrance to the quote-unquote suspense to the match itself. But the story behind Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair and that whole I'm sorry, I love you moment, that match made it to my final two, to the finals, actually, in my bracket. Wow. A really interesting choice to have in your finals. Uh, I wouldn't have put it there myself, obviously, uh, but I really I'm really interested to see where you go with that. Okay, so now we jump to the other side of the bracket, and man, this was this was the hardest decision I've ever had to make when it came to wrestling in my life. Kofi Mania versus Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker's first match at WrestleMania 25. My favorite match of all time versus my favorite moment of all time. And it's not even in the finals. This is the semi-finals of my bracket. Man, this couldn't have gotten any more difficult or complicated, could it have? Um, you know, I know I know. Kofi Mania was... It was personally, for me, one of the most important things I've ever witnessed. One of the most important things that the business has ever witnessed. But I, I just have this sense that the match between Michaels and Taker is the modern-day version of Savage and Steamboat. It's the modern-day example of what you show people when you want to introduce them to wrestling. Because it's the two best of the best just showing their craft. No titles on the line, no nothing. This guy's got a streak, he's just trying to fight for it. This guy wants to break in and make history and be etch his name in stone. That's it. That's all it is. That's all they needed. That's all they ever needed. So, it, it's next to impossible for me to do anything other than say, yeah, Michaels and Taker usurp Kofi Mania in my semifinals and move on to the final four, well, the final two. Hogan and Andre, Michaels and Taker, my final two. Angelo, I know Kofi Mania is in your other remaining matchup. What do you got? Well, I do have... Kofi Mania versus Triple H and Undertaker. Now, Freddie, you're not the only one to have Kofi Mania on your list and have an Undertaker match on your list. However, Kofi Mania pulled the upset, and just because of the moment and impact that it had, it actually went on to the finals to face off against Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. Man, now that one, that one I can agree with 110%. Uh, I, this bracket's so hard to do because you're just trying to nail down one, one singular match and or moment in the history of WrestleMania. We're talking 40 years of history. And after this weekend, we're going to have even more things to peel through probably if we were to redo this, you know, in a month, even in a week. I mean, just, uh, man, this is tough. All right. But it's the moment the world has been waiting for now. We're at the finals of our respective brackets. So we've got, on my end, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25 versus Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3. Meanwhile, Angelo has Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair from WrestleMania 24 battling against Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan from WrestleMania 35. Two really unique matchups. Mine, a match versus a moment. Yours, a moment and a match combined into one versus a moment leading the match to success and greatness. It's tough. It's really, really tough. Again, I talked a lot about a moment 
sometimes meaning more than a match because of the cultural significance that it brings. Hogan slamming Andre created an immense amount of popularity and memorable moments that fans will last a lifetime watching to this day. But as I continue to say, at the end of the day, this business draws back to the matches that make it look its best. The moments are wonderful and the moments are what go on the highlight reel, but the matches are the bread and butter of the business that people like us have watched and loved and ate, slept, and breathed for so, so many years. And so how do you put a modern classic on the bench? You don't. Biased or not, it might seem, my personal number one match and or moment in WrestleMania history, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. That is my winner of this bracket. Angelo, what do you got, my friend? Okay, so in the finals of Kofi Mania and Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Last night, when I actually I actually finished the finals last night of this bracket, and I was just torn between these two. So I said, what am I going to do? I said, you know what? I want to flip a coin for it. But actually, I'm not the one that flipped a coin for it. I actually called Freddie last night, and I just told him, hey, I need you to do me a favor. Please flip a coin. Heads or tails. Whatever it is, let me know. I already, in my mind, knew heads was going to be one and tails was going to be the other. So when he told me that it landed on heads, as tough of a decision as it was, Kofi Mania is my winner. And man, I can't disagree with you at all. I mean, if if it really came down to Kofi Mania and Michael's taker in my finals, I don't know if I would have been able to make a choice. But I had to do it for the semis just to get me there. So, man, that is an awesome, awesome champion of your bracket. And and it truly, truly is going to forever be one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time, without without question. And, you know, it, it goes to show there's so much that you can look through over the course of 40 years of history. And it's only going to continue to grow. We've got an amazing WrestleMania card on the horizon for this weekend, and I'm sure... Amidst, amidst everything that we've got coming our way, there's going to be some things that we'll look at and we'll look back on and we'll say, you know what, yeah, this or that, that moment, this match, they are what will last a lifetime in our memories. Angela, you got anything else you want to add about our favorite WrestleMania matches and moments of all time before we wrap this thing up? So, really quick note, not from our brackets, not from our favorite mania matches or moments just a simple fact of what we're going to see this weekend at wrestlemania possibly the best wrestlemania in modern history the fact that it's going to be roman reigns versus cody rhodes for the wwe undisputed universal championship fun fact roman reigns is going to main event his third consecutive WrestleMania as a champion, he's going to walk in. He's literally the first superstar to do this. 
to walk in three consecutive WrestleManias in a row as champion. So for that, that's an amazing record that I don't think I ever saw coming. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. The the just to modify that just a tad bit, he's the first defending champion to walk in three years in a row as champion. Because technically, Hulk Hogan did enter three straight WrestleManias as champion in uh, WrestleManias one, two, and three. He was WWE champion going into each, but he did not defend the WWE championship at WrestleMania one. The the main event of that show was the uh, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus. Uh, Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper, I believe, was Paul Orndorff. Yeah, Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper. So the title wasn't on the line. But even still, what you said about Roman Reigns, 110% correct. To make history as the first defending champion to enter three consecutive WrestleManias as champion defending. And in those three years, think of who he's defeated in those matches. Edge, Daniel Bryan, and Brock Lesnar. Three Hall of Famers. And now Cody Rhodes looks to end the Roman Empire in what will be one of the most difficult tasks ever. To add on to your fact, Angelo, not only was this Roman Reigns' third consecutive WrestleMania main event as champion, but it's Roman's, I think, sixth main event overall in WrestleMania history. He main evented WrestleMania 31, 32, 33, 34, 37, 38... And 39. So make that seven. Seven WrestleMania main events. The second most oh, all time. The only man to do it more, Hulk Hogan. And if Roman Reigns gets one more under his belt, when WrestleMania heads to Philadelphia next year, we could be looking at a record-tying reign by Roman Reigns. Just like this reign he's been on right now. Just a couple of months shy of 1,000 days as world champion. It's insane. So if I were you, after hearing all this WrestleMania talk, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go watch WrestleMania on Saturday, and I'm going to watch night two on Sunday, and I'm going to enjoy every single second of it. As I said, Flair and Ripley, Belair and Asuka, The Usos versus Zayn and Owens, Mysterio versus Mysterio, father versus son, Ray versus Dominic, Rollins and Logan Paul. You got some tag team showcases, and you've got Gunther, McIntyre, and Sheamus. John Cena returns to the ring to challenge Austin Theory for the United States title. You've got the Hell in a Cell match, Edge versus Finn Balor, and of course, how could we forget Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns. In the main event of WrestleMania this Sunday and Saturday, live from Hollywood, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for joining us in the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. We hope that you will be back with us the next time we are able to come together for you all. We thank you for your love and for your support as always. And as always, we leave you with this. Always remember... To never be afraid to be a fan. So long, everyone.